I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Utah Puck Report. I'm your host, Jay Stevens. We are still doing these things from home, so, uh, you know, here we go. We're going to make the best of it, and uh, we, I think we have a really good show because the first group back on the ice is going to be West Coast. Uh, they're going to have their Tier 1 tryouts. Uh, we've got their their headmaster, Dave Amani, and then we've got one of their, one of their main coaches, and Evan Stoffel, who you guys all know Evan. Evan's a frequent guest on the show and almost basically a co-host. So, Dave, Evan, welcome to the show. Thank you. Good to be back, as always. So, Dave, I want to talk to you a little bit first about um, did this cost you guys the end of your season? So, we were actually about 12 hours away from departure to Phoenix for our regional tournament, the Rocky Mountains District, and – People were, were kind of, a few of the parents were speculating, oh, you know, maybe the trip's going to be canceled, the tournament will be canceled. I said, no way, like, it's it's not going to happen, you know, whatever. I mean, they're not going to cancel it over this. And sure enough, about three hours later, they canceled it. So no. it, uh, this was right, like, when everything started kind of boiling over a little bit. So, um, you know, bad timing. I know the Pacific District got to have their regionals the week prior, um, but – Ours was a week later, so we, we missed out. And, I mean, it was a disappointment because I think we had, you know, a chance to have some success. I mean, I'm realistic and knew that we probably wouldn't advance out of there, but we would have at least uh, been competitive. We had a pretty good group last year. Well, and is that an opportunity for a lot of your guys to, uh, I mean, get exposure, right? Because tier one, you're trying to get your guys into the USHL and the NA, uh, get them scouted by colleges. So, uh yeah. You guys lost out on that opportunity too, right? Or like last year or the previous year at regionals, there was probably 10 Western Hockey League teams there watching, um, a handful of D1 teams, um, like NHL teams were even there watching. So, I and mean. Then, yeah, but we, we talked to you a little bit about this at the end of the season. I mean, it, it came down hard on you because you were in France, right? Yeah. And, uh, right on the almost, border of Italy too. So I was yeah. three hours from – like ground zero man so you almost got stuck there I did I had after uh, the president had his press conference and it wasn't quite clear that we could still get back where it sounded like they were shutting the border off that Friday at midnight it went into panic mode to get flights and everything and once we realized we could get in after um, 
ended up getting a flight for the following Monday out. And I think uh, two days after is when France kind of shut everything down. So I was under 48 hours from being stuck there where I'd probably just be getting back, you know, about now, which would not have been ideal. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I mean, for me, I've, I've lived through other pandemics, right, or epidemics. And uh, so as a fireman, I, you know, I've lived through H1N1 and, you know, whatever the other ones were. And it was like, okay, here's, here we go. And we're going to start taking everybody's temperatures again. And, uh, you know, I, I was at Bruno Mars. Like that night, there was rumor that they were going to – I was in Las Vegas, and there was rumors that they were going to cancel it. Because that was the same night that the Utah Jazz had their cancellation in Houston. And my only thought was, there's no way they're going to cancel – like Bruno Mars, because this is huge. Yeah. And we actually, we actually got to go, but there was like that. It was just in the atmosphere that there was something else going on. Mm-hmm. And it was an amazing show. We were lucky we got to go. And then the next night they canceled it. And they canceled, they canceled everything else from there on out. And it was, I mean, obviously nobody in our generation has lived through anything like this. And uh, it's, it's pretty amazing the precautions we've taken. And, you know, the saying is, You'll never know if you overreacted, but it's easy to know if you underreacted. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to believe that we've done the right thing and we're, and it's sucked for, you know, hockey seasons and we're still trying to figure out if the NHL is going to finish and how much of, if they finish this season, is that going to cost us next season? So yeah. speaking of next season, you guys are first up. I mean, ice is barely open back up. Most people, I mean, for us, it was almost like a, an Ocean's Eleven thing last week because we were like all right we have ice but you have to use the code word stick and puck (laughs) you know what I mean it was like so things are just barely starting to get back going and because you guys are tier one you have to be the first up so Dave what do you how do you handle safety of everybody and try not to spread the virus with running a tier one program and getting players on your team and where did you find the players did you have scouting done yeah so First of all, for the tryouts, we've, uh, yeah, we, Ogden's hosting them because Weaver County's a little bit more lax than Salt Lake County right now. Um, we are required to have no more than 50 people in the building, which is basically players, coaches, and staff. Um, you know, basically, you know, it's unfortunate that parents won't be able to really watch, but it, I guess it is what it is, and it's better than nothing right now. Um, it's kind of better that way to me. Yeah, I, <laughs> I didn't say it, <laughs> but you know, it's, uh, it's, we're grateful just to be able to have them, um, to get some kids, some opportunities, especially local kids, the opportunity to, to, you know, show what they have. Um, we have to have health screenings prior to the tryout starting. So we have a CNA on site, um, that will be doing temperatures and health screenings and all that good stuff. Um, I mean, nothing really too crazy with that. I mean, if, if, if anyone has a uh, temperature over 100 degrees or something like that, they won't let them in. Um, and then, yeah, uh, other than that, in terms of, of where we've been able to fill our rosters from this year, I mean, we've had a lot of success recruiting from out of the area. Um, I think every team in the country is basically at the same holding pattern. A lot of the teams from California and Colorado aren't even having tryouts until August, September. Uh, or late August, early September, we've been told. So hopefully, um, you know, being 
uh, first ones to the table or one of the first ones to the table, we get maybe people that are a little more uh, eager to know what they're doing in the fall. Um, we, uh, John Pushkar is, is, is our head coach for the 18s and 16s, and he's been working his butt off trying to um, assemble a, a, a team like not only the organization, but the state hasn't seen in a long time, if ever. Um, he's, he's relentless with it. What does that mean exactly? Is he just scouting all his old contacts and bringing players in from other regions? John is turning over rocks wherever he can, and he has done a tremendous job, um, you know, uh, getting interest from kids that might not have otherwise. We're, we're, um, we've got a kid coming in from Washington, D.C., uh, a bunch of kids from California. There should be five or six at the tryout this weekend even. Um, which is rare. People from out of state usually don't come to the tryouts. Um, it's because they felt it was beneath them in the past, but now they're eager to get back on the ice. Well, you guys uh, have really stepped up. I don't mean to interrupt you, because, but I do that all the time, so I hope you're ready for it. Uh, you guys have really stepped up your, your coaching, and, and I'm not saying anything negative about the coaches you had before, but to bring on Stofflet and to bring on Push, I mean, that's, that's awesome. I mean, so, that's, that's great for your organization. So when McClellan uh, ran into some visa issues last year, I mean, Max, my best friend, or one of my best friends, yeah. I, uh, I was pretty crushed when that happened. But, um, and we basically had no, it was either I took over the team or, or the team folded, basically. Um, I have no desire to be a hockey coach forever or at a high level. I mean, it's, I just have too many other things on the go. But... I, uh, uh, and so John kind of came out of the woodworks and stepped up in a huge way and really helped me a ton last year. And the whole goal was to turn over the head coaching position to him. And then Evan, I've talked to him. I mean, he helped us in between teams last year when he was looking for, for a club to play with. And he, uh, he helped us out and really stepped up to the plate and did a great job. Um, you know, and I think he's going to, he's going to do really, really well at that 14s level uh, where they are kind of raw and moldable. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think, the whole goal I've had for a few years with the organization since I took over is to clean up the messes and to uh, get some new blood, some hungry blood in. And uh, the players that the former Grizzlies players are a tremendous asset to, to youth hockey in the area because a lot of them, like you've said before, come out and they like it and want to stay. Um, you know, and, and John having played, you know, D1 college hockey, playing East Coast League, um, you know, USHL, North American League, you know, it was pretty much every level and he made it to those levels. I don't want to say not based on his skill, but primarily on his work ethic and the skill kind of, you know, helped out a little bit. I mean, he wasn't, was smart really, yeah, really yeah, he, wasn't he wasn't pretty, but he got it done yeah. and, uh, and had tons of energy doing it. And he has similar fire uh, with his coaching. Uh, you should check out this, the score sheets from a few of the games last year and you'll know. Uh, but he, uh, yeah, no, he's, he's done a good job with the recruiting so far. Uh, we've got Carson White coming back from Colorado, um, which in the past we really struggled once we lost a kid to Colorado. Uh, they never even considered coming back. Um, so Carson came back, got a few of like higher end Colorado natives coming in, um, which is unheard of for us. So, um, yeah, I mean, things are going in the right direction. Um, on Evan's team, he's got uh, a couple kids from England that are top 07 birth years in their country coming in, which is 
you know, pretty young, but I mean, you know, they're supposed to be pretty good players. So we'll see. That's really cool. All right. So you guys have those tryouts. Are there tryouts that we can help promote for you right now? Is there, is there stuff that we can help you promote? This weekend we are, uh, we're having our tryouts Friday through Sunday. Um, you can register online. It's not, uh, I mean, you can also do it in person if you want, but your registration is appreciated, especially with the extra um, steps required to, to get in the building and, you know, to screen people prior. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, we have spots open on every single team, uh, even though we've done a lot of pre-recruiting, nothing's set in stone. Um, and, you know, we're always open to good players and have a soft spot for local players because, uh, um, you know, Obviously, the goal is to keep all the players that are capable of playing at a high level within the state and uh, to have Utah hockey benefit as much as possible as opposed to letting someone else have all the glory of developing them. So, right. so what's uh, if people want to register, how are they going to get a hold of you to, like, what's the website? Uh, Westcoastrenegades.com. Uh, first tryout. Uh, and go to our social media, too, and have, we'll have all the tryout times on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, the whole nine yards. Um, yeah. So I, I think uh, I should be able to register there and uh, hope to see everyone there. All right, cool. And then one of the unique things, well, for you guys is the barn. Yeah. You guys have the park. It's up in park city. You guys have your own ice facility. It's not a full size sheet, but it's, it's a good enough that you could, you could easily do three on three. hundred by 50. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's what NHL guys are going to now. They're, a lot of NHL guys are getting their own. I know Zach Preezy has his own little place that he and Tay, uh, uh, I can't remember all the guys that go, but I know in the past it's been like him, Taves, uh, Drew Stafford, and then obviously Jordan, those guys. The three on three is a real good thing for developing guys and how to, that's how they all stick handle in a phone booth now. Absolutely. And so the, the facility you guys have, and Evan, maybe you can touch on this because this is your, uh, this is kind of your second thing for West Coast is, you guys do individual training up there as well. And that's something that's available. So Evan, can you tell us a little bit about what's going on up there? So the barns, uh, it's a pretty cool little facility, obviously extremely unique, not just in Utah, but there's not many, um, you know, youth organizations that have their own ice to, to go and skate at. And the cool thing about it being so small is you can really pinpoint on, you know, small skills and little things that you can't, not that you can't do it on a big ice, but it makes it a lot harder, especially with if you're trying to do stuff at like a stick and puck where there's, there could be upwards of, you know, 20 other people on the ice and there, you know, there's some guy in there in jean shorts, hammering pucks around the boards. And, you know, there's four nets on one side and pucks are flying every which way. And then there's little kids that are skating around. And, um, you know, it's, it's one of those places where you can go and actually really work on your game, make a difference be able to interact in a different way because it's just me and you know one two three up to five kids um working on skills and bouncing off each other and you know it's you can get so much out of it because it's when you go in that place it's you know that it's it's about hockey and it's about getting better and having a good time while you're doing it and it's it's a it's a resource that is it's pretty crazy to have at your fingertips and just for me being a coach but also for just the the, the hockey players around here because usually you don't have something that accessible to you. And it's, it's, it's pretty exciting to be honest with you. Yeah. It's, I, when I first heard about it, I think it was last year, maybe even the year before and I heard about it and I was, man, 
that's like a dream come true. And it really is. Yeah, for me, for every hockey player here, I, I would. We all want that in our backyard. Mm-hmm. You know, and the one thing I used to always tell my wife that uh, when I was finished with my fire career, I wanted to move back to North Dakota, Minnesota, and I never could figure out why. But I think that's why is because you have the ability to have that rink in your backyard or whatever. And we don't, we just don't have that here. So, mm-hmm. so for you guys to do it, I mean, it's, it's amazing. It's a huge step forward for hockey here. And, but anyway, when you see a kid, when you coach him at a game and you say, man, if that kid could just figure this part of his game out, he'd be that much better. I think Evan's frozen again. Nope. Okay. And now the ability to have that, uh, the barn, and to go out the next day and fix that little glitch or uh, teach the kid a little bit more. I mean, that's just an amazing tool to have to, you know, really build up a player and to make that player that much better. I mean, that's just, it's just amazing. And like I said, for everybody that's a hockey player, that's a dream come true. We all want a sheet in our backyard and it's hard to have unless, you know, you're in North Dakota where it's 40 below forever. Uh, you know, my paramedic partner used to always build his rink and he'd get in his backyard up in Camas and he'd get like three months out of a year where he could actually use it. But yeah, it's, I think it's like about well, three grand a month to keep it cool right now. Geez. So it's, it's expensive. Uh, uh, but I mean, it's something that we're trying to make uh, available only to, to coaches within our organization for, you know, small group things with our players um, or with their own private lessons. Um, but, I mean, yeah, the facility is – I mean, i got pro guys that want to come use it. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, I want to come use it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, I'd love to just set up three on three and go up there with my beer league team and use it. So, I'm sure everybody wants to use it. It's uh, – and it's it, – the ice is good. I mean, it's cold, uh, hard and fast. And, I mean, got a little Zamboni and everything. Yeah. Pushkar showed that on his, his Facebook the other day or his Instagram, whatever I follow him on. He was, like, showing the, the little tractor Zamboni going around. Oh, awesome. But, no, the Durso family is is uh, on their private property. Uh, they've got horses on the other side and the rink on one side. So, it's – it's uh, you know, we're very fortunate that they share it with us because, I mean, obviously being on, you know, uh, at their home, uh, they're not required to, but they uh, they make it available to us. Um, because they want to see our players get the extra, you know, benefit as well as our coaches have them uh, have the ability to share their knowledge a little bit more and, and you know, uh, supplement their income at the same time. That's amazing. It's so cool. Well, uh, anything else you guys want to add to the episode? Uh, any, like, I, I want to hear opportunities for guys to try out. Evan, do you have, like, a website or anything for your private lessons or anything yet? I don't have a website yet, but um, I have an email, es801hockey at protonmail.com. Um, okay. Shoot me an email whenever you want uh, some lessons. I'm capping it at five kids per session. Um, don't want it too big, obviously, the beyond the, the space constraints, but I just want to be able to actually, you know, dig in and fix those little things where it might just be opening your hips up when you pivot or just little things like that where if when you stop, stop the the drill you're not really wasting time because there's not a big reset you don't have to go to multiple parts on the ice to tell people about it and it's so it'll be capped off at five per hour and you know I just I look forward to it I've had I've, I've enjoyed working with um the the kids a lot more than I thought I did would last year when I was helping with the U16s and then with uh Greg Lieb like I do every summer and 
you know, I just, I look forward to even being able to dig in even more and hopefully help these kids if they want to have, you know, the experiences that I've had with hockey traveling literally all over the globe. You know, if I can be a stepping stone with that, then perfect. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, well, I will add those links to our website. I'll make sure that gets done this time. I'll have uh, the West Coast link in there. I'll have Evan's link in there. And, uh, guys, I'm, I'm excited that we get to go forward. I'm excited to see what you guys put on the ice this year. Um, I, I know you guys have done amazing things. This organization is really starting to um, do what Dave said he's going to do the whole time. I mean, you guys, every year it's like a step forward. Exactly. So I, I get excited every year to see it. And I just uh, – man, I – I'm not a religious guy, but I'm praying or I'm uh, I'm hippie vibing, whatever it is that we get to have a full season and that nothing interrupts this and that we get to see some really good hockey this year. So guys, thanks so much for being on the show. Absolutely. Thanks for having us. Having us. All right. And that's it for the Utah Puck Report. Really